Hello and welcome to Classic 15, the bite-sized advice podcast for young and emerging classical musicians. 15 minutes of top tips from an established classical star. I'm Jack Pepper, I'm a composer and radio presenter, and today we are meeting the German concert violinist, moderator and climate ambassador, Leah Bruckner. Born in 1997, she began playing the violin aged seven and was soon winning federal prizes and performing as a soloist alongside the likes of the New Symphony Orchestra Berlin and the Beethoven Society in Bonn. In 2021, she pioneered a new online programme called Music for Our Planet. It draws attention to climate change and the Stuttgart Philharmonic Orchestra, Berlin State Opera and Beethoven Orchestra Bonn are among those who have already taken part. As a respected champion of sustainability in classical music, she's been invited as a speaker and musician to the World Classical Music Conference Classical Next, to the Bundestag in Berlin and to the World Food Forum of the United Nations in Rome. Truly, she has led the way. And so, speaking on a video call, I started by asking Leia where her passion for music and planet came from. Yeah, basically, I was always kind of connected to nature and environment. I grew up in a very small village, uh, very like in the nature on Germany, uh, close to the Netherlands borders. And um, I was always yeah, spending a lot of time in nature. And um, more and more, I started also to realize uh, how much it's changing, actually, basically, more or less the last 10 years. And then COVID came and I, or not just me, but many people had a lot of time and I started to spend this time with reading a lot about uh, climate change, environment, what is actually changing. Also, um, like Greta Thunberg, for example, was, of course, a person where I slowly realized, okay, the young generation, it's not just me, but many people are aware of what's actually happening. And um, I was always trying to combine music, um, what I'm doing on stage, uh, my personality as an artist to combine it with another field. And um, that's why after COVID or during COVID, and then also after COVID, I really forced this topic kind of to really try out how can I bring both on stage and yeah first I started with this music uh, for our planet this online initiative um, where I made an open call kind of for artists to send videos and um, send a message to the online world in COVID times in lockdown uh, against climate change and for a more sustainable future and then further on it kind of developed that I was speaking on uh, big events like the World Food Forum of the United Nations, the Berlin government um, and yeah many more and uh, that's how it kind of started to to grow. So just take us into the impact this has on a classical musician, say, particularly when you think about classical musicians traveling the planet and the yeah. impact that musicians have because of the nature of what they do. How does this impact a classical musician and how does a classical musician impact this? I think the first step is that uh, the classical musician impact this um, because that's going to be quasi uh, exact, like kind of the first step. And the second step is then that, uh, yeah, climate uh, impacts us because we are not going to travel to certain areas anymore. So um, basically what I think is, first of all, that we have to get the education in this topic because you cannot speak about something or try to involve it in your organization if you don't uh, really know why and what is happening. So that's why I'm trying to, to bring this topic to musicians to say, okay, 
look, take some time and educate yourself, not just musicians, general, everybody like really read about it, what is actually happening, because as soon as you understand, you can also come in the next step and the next step then is acting and doing something. And especially for musicians, this is um, really to, to use the own voice to recognize, first of all, also in the classical music business, because in pop, it's more common than in classic, that uh, we have a voice as soon we enter to the stage. And as soon we enter to stage, there are people who bought tickets to listen to us. And we have to be aware that we can use our voice in brackets, not just to play music, but furthermore for completely different messages. I mean, there are sometimes messages like, for example, anti-Semitism, which is kind of... Um, I mean, not to misunderstand, popular to bring on stage, for example, for conductors, because this is a clear topic for everybody. Everybody in music business is against this, that there's anti-Semitism happening. But it's not very obvious that everybody is against the climate change or wants to help against the climate change. So it's not a very clear, 100% positive or or yeah, attractive topic. And um, we have to be aware, I mean, for example, in Germany, there are numbers that we have more audience than the first, second and third football league, which means we have more than 20 million listeners in the culture industry, like high culture industry, if I, if I take theaters and operas also to it. Um, and that is like loads of people loads of people what we could really reach with that and if um if we speak up about that on stage or maybe we don't want to speak up on stage about that but we could maybe be the kind of the the force in the background to force the organizers to do something sustainable what i am saying for example which is easy, which is really easy for organizers to to sell kind of tree tickets so to say okay let's say the entrance of the concert is 15 euro we're gonna rise it to 17 euro that's kind of the minimum and those two euros uh, are going to a reforestation or replanting organization in the area of the concert so the help is coming really in the area this is something what is happening kind of background uh, behind the stage not on stage and there are many things in the organization what you can include of course and you speak of of action how active has the classical music world been so far how how sustainable and how how have you in terms of the reactions that you've had to your work and your your campaigns mm -hmm. how has the classical music world responded or indeed not responded yeah unfortunately i have to say more not responded because it's kind of a I would call it really fight to tell the people why it should be important to at least think about this topic, not even to bring it in stage on stage to involve it in the organization. It's already the first step when I come into the first conversation with um, either conductors, managers, organizers, whatever. It's already there. It's a huge border to at least speak about this topic. So, and the next step is even farther that uh, we really go into the action. I mean, there are a few festivals um, and also a few concert houses who really like try to, for example, they change the electricity to green electricity. So um, they are not uh, anymore supporting fossil fuels, which is great, but this should be kind of the base. I mean, we don't have to start even thinking about The green concert in a concert house uh, who supports still or which still supports um, fossil fuels so um, this is for example something of course the musician cannot change because i cannot go there and say look i'm just playing the concert if there's green electricity but you are having a 10 years contract with fossil fuel company so of course i have no power in my in my hands then to do that or to change that 
Um, and yeah, it's really hard to to bring the action there. Also, because there is this still this very important topic of um, the abonnement uh, system, um, like that the ticket sale is kind of guaranteed for the concert houses. And every time I am getting in conflict with, yes, it's nice the topic, it's important topic, but our abonnement uh, audience is 60 and above, and that's not the generation who cares about climate change. And partly they might be right, but also partly I think they are totally forgetting what we could actually win by bringing the green topic in, because we could win a whole generation who is at the moment completely excluded from the classical music business, because they just don't feel like there's something to see in the concert house apart from music. And um, of course, I mean, I'm a classical musician, I, I find the reason to go in the concert house just for music, don't misunderstand, just I think that it's not enough for many of the green voters <laughs> of the young generation anymore. So if you would involve that topic, we could reach out to a whole new range of audience, which doesn't feel represented at all in the concert house at the moment. And this is what, what organizers forget, because the generation 60 and above, I mean, bad to say, but it's it's a time limit for them to be to go to concerts it's not anymore the next 50 years is guaranteed but the generation which is now 20 30 40 years old there's a lot loads of space still for them to to come and also time space so we could really reach new audience so what does sustainable mean in the context of classical music if you're speaking about you know a young musician wanting to be sustainable or indeed uh, you know a, a venue listening for example what the we've mentioned the sort of green energy and we've mentioned the tree tickets which is a lovely idea sort of add an extra couple of euros and then plant a tree in the in the local area what other kind of bullet points could you give us for what a sustainable career or a sustainable concert might be so a pretty a common example is that, for example, um, some soloist or like kind of a leading person in the concert is getting sick suddenly and uh, the concert organizer has to has to come up with an idea who else to get. So why to fly in somebody, um, for example, the concert is in Berlin, why to fly in somebody from New York or Tokyo or wherever they are coming from, uh, if the original artist is sick or whatever, why not to just take a local local artist? I really saw concerts where they did even like an advertisement that's our basis today uh, in the string quartet or a string quintet sorry or the orchestra the bassist flew in from new york just for this concert and going back tomorrow i mean there are loads of qualified musicians around so stop thinking that always it has to be global because just then you get the quality this is something in the mindset of classical music if i played in Carnegie Hall or in Tokyo or in Seoul, and I write this in my biography, I'm a qualified artist, doesn't matter what I did actually in Carnegie Hall, but I was in Carnegie Hall, which means that even if I was just part of a big orchestra, like I accidentally, somebody called me like, ah, can you can you jump in? I can write it in my, in my biography and I suddenly raise up in the status of a musician and uh, being a good musician. So this should, is a, def it's a definitely mindset which should what should be changed, that not everything global is great. But of course, there are these things like electricity, um, mobility, like uh, how the, the whole team of this concert house, for example, how they are traveling to work, uh, how the artists are traveling. Like if I have an artist in, in Munich from Berlin, 
why he or she has to fly in. I mean, there are trains going every, I don't know, 15 minutes. So um, that would be, for example, definitely something I would delete from every kind of contract that it's possible to make an in-light flight. I mean, of course, if you're talking about China or something and there's a 2000 kilometer distance, that's one thing. But in Europe, everything is so close. We can really uh, we can really reach all the destinations by train. And then, yeah, I mean, it's really the small things, like, for example, programs. I'm in conversation about printing programs, why it's necessary. And then all the organizers always say, yeah, because the audience 60 above wants to read the program in the concert. I said, I mean, usually anyway, the concert hall is dark, so you sh and you should be focused on the concert. So why do you have to go through a program during the concert? I mean, if you don't like the concert, if it's so boring that you have to read the program, then either you should not go to the concert or the artist should choose another program that is getting more exciting, but don't read the program. So there are many, uh, many concert houses who have these digital big uh, walls uh, everywhere in the foyer, everywhere in the entrance. So you can really just post the, the program there. And that's it. And uh, nobody needs to read like an eight pages book kind of almost in the in the concert. I understand, of course, you want to take something with, but it's a thing. I mean, did you ever check after a concert, the rubbish bin in the entrance or the exit? What is in there after the concert? All those ones in the concert use programs. A huge field also how to make a cultural institution more sustainable is the architecture of the cultural buildings. Everybody always talks about, for example, LEDs inside the building. But there's a huge space outside which has to be used. For example, the roof greening, greening of the parking space, greening of the entrance area, etc., which can cool down the temperature between 5 till 11 degrees. Especially for big concert houses in the city centers, it would not just be the possibility of cooling temperature, but also to create space for insects, etc., too. And in the question about what can be done in general... Um, I would also like to mention that political decision makers are one of the stakeholders who could make it possible financial wise to change for sustainable management and cultural institutions. So there are so many things that organizers could could do and could think about. Of course, there would have to be the will to change and the, the open mindset to, to do something. Yeah, and for, for artists, I mean, it's all our personal decision how sustainable we will live. I mean, of course, there are these typical things like what we eat if we live vegetarian, vegan. Um, I mean, we all know there's this debate going on that, uh, yeah, the meat consume, for example, is a huge emission factor in this whole climate climate topic. Then, um, yeah, how we travel, what is also also our personal decision because uh, not always the organizer is booking things so you can just easily decide by yourself okay i go by train or i meet together with other artists we go together by car musicians always say we are not political but we are political as soon there's a sponsor with a huge logo behind our back because we are representing this sponsor and if there is Lufthansa or Ryanair or VWV or BMWV or whoever in the background and uh, we are playing in front of this logo a whole violin concerto um, we are not not political this time is over where musicians were not political because as soon you play for something for a brand you are political and you agree with their values so don't think that you are not political just because you're a classical musician and you actually don't talk about any topic. But you are giving your face and your body and your music to support messages.
It goes also in the direction of green banking. There's a choice that has to be made. Either you prefer to have a green bank, uh, which is financing green energy and sustainable companies, or you choose a bank which is financing, for example, fossil fuels. And there's a lot of money in the cultural business, not just from the artists, but also from the cultural institutions, from the festival owners, promoters, etc. So there has to be made a decision what you want to do and what you want to support with your money. You're, you're a very inspiring speaker about this. I think it's worth just reminding people that this is just one part of what you do. You are a concert yeah. violinist yes. as well. And this is something, you know, I really relate to as well as a, as a uh, musician in my 20s, the idea of having different hats. I would yeah. say. So doing different things. So you're a climate ambassador, you know, you're a moderator, you are a violinist. So yeah. <laughs> how do you divide your time? Are you playing the violin every day and then the climate ambassador work is on the side? How do you actually balance practically the different things you do? I mean, practically, we all don't practice 24 hours a day. I mean, even if we are um, practicing really a lot, which is like six to eight hours, let's say, for the maximum of a month of practice, what is healthy to survive, um, there are still loads of hours left where you can easily do something. So instead of, I don't know, playing a game on my phone or computer, um, I prefer then, let's say, spend half an hour, one hour and and scroll through social media and search for posts of, I mean, there are so many organizations, Greenpeace, uh, NABU, all these organizations who are posting really interesting information posts every day. So um, also this, like just changing my, my kind of algorithm on social media that they are coming, they're popping up super interesting information. So kind of even without spending extra time, I'm getting more information. And then I mean, I was studying also a second uh, master's degree in cultural management. Uh, I finished it last last July, and um, that was also helping me because I chose topics during the during the master's degree also to um, which are related to this topic. So I was really reading their their, for example, emission. Um, emission portraits kind of we call it in, in Germany like where uh, big cultural institutions they got uh, uh, emission calculation of their house so um, and this is something what you can read on for example in Germany there's um, from the government it's called Aktionsnetzwerk Nachhaltigkeit um, if there's somebody listening uh, from Germany it's um, about sustainability in cultural institutions and they are giving money that cultural institutions can uh, can measure the emissions, which is the first, the absolutely first step in going to the sustainable direction. Because if you don't know where are your highest emissions, you cannot reduce them. And uh, there's also from the EU, for example, there's a lot, lot of money um, uh, for sustainable or green concerts. Just, uh, yeah, if you are an organizer, also you have, you get the money always from the same type of companies and not applying for new money, then of course it's, it's difficult to change. Leah Bruckner, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much too. And that's about it for this edition of Classic 15. Great to have your company. All of the episodes in the series are available, as ever, on all the usual podcast platforms and online at classic.com. There, you can find all of Classic's latest news, their online concert series and video on demand. And whilst you're online, don't forget to check out Classic's social media for the very latest news and opportunities. That's at Classic Music. Thanks so much for joining me, Jack Pepper. And until the next time, happy playing, practising and listening. See you soon. <laughs>